Hey, this is Lauren BR, and this is The Authentic Podcast. Hey everyone, welcome back to Authentic. I'm your host, Lauren BR, and today I'm with my dear friend Zoe. Hi. And we're just ready to have an awesome time. It's going to be so much fun. I'm excited. I'm so glad you're excited. What'd you do today? Oh, I went to work this morning and got to work with some kiddos and just finished up Common Ground Stream, which is our free coffee shop at our church. Learned how to make some coffee. Do you have any cool scrubs that you wear to work? Oh, yeah. Because you had Star Wars ones on Thursday, but it was there was no Star Wars characters on it, were there? There was the little... Um, what is it called? Oh, BB-8? No. Me, that's the only Star Wars character I know. I'm like, yeah, that one. I, no, I haven't seen all like of Star little, Wars. Oh, people are going to get so offended by this. Yeah, well, I think thing. Yoda? <laughs> oh, <laughs> hello? Maybe hey, Yoda? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's like, they have a little Yoda. <laughs> Sorry, guys. I don't, my dad made me watch Star Trek growing up. Ew, Sorry. hello. Sorry, that was mean. I just never known anyone that's about Star Trek. Yeah. Wait. <laughs> I don't think anyone listening to this will actually get offended. Maybe other people who wouldn't listen to this would get offended. Oh, true. But... I'm thinking of guys that would like be like, how dare you not know? And I think I have like two guys listening to this, so we apologize if hey, you're listening to this one. Shout out men out there that are listening. <laughs> it's like definitely not geared towards men, but I'm happy that you're here. <laughs> I'm like being single one of the episodes. <laughs> but like boys are single too, so you know. They are. True. It takes two people. <laughs> True, I guess. Or, or it takes one well, in person, actually. Yeah. <laughs> but, <Marijuana>. yeah. <laughs> Anyways, well, sounds like you had a good day. Yeah, it was pretty good. How was your day? Good. I didn't do much. I had some meetings, ate lunch with my friend, and got a car. Well, just clean the inside of my car. I didn't feel like getting a car wash and went to Trader Joe's, <laughs> which I've been to Trader Joe's like four times this week. But it's so close to my house, and I'm always like, oh, I forgot something. I have to go back. I got a new exfoliating scrub from Trader Joe's for oh, $4. So wow. it could be horrible. It's like little rocks that you put to exfoliate your face. Little rocks on your face. Yes. I don't see how that can go wrong, honestly. I don't know if you're joking or not, but like, I think it's going to be good. I have like high hopes for it. I hope, I hope it's good. It was also only $4. So, there you go. but also like maybe the best stuff is actually cheap. You don't need expensive skincare. And when you're finished, you could like literally go out to your driveway and like <laughs> gravel dump into your. It, I think that's like what it's going to be is like, it says volcanic rocks, but I don't think it's <laughs> I don't think Trader Joe's puts volcanic rocks. Rocks from the Trader Joe's sidewalk. Probably. But yeah, that was my day. Well, Nothing crazy. Awesome. But yeah, I guess we'll just get into the episode. Let's get to it. Hey everyone, and welcome back to the Authentic Podcast. I'm your host, Lauren BR, and today we have my very, very important excellent athlete friend, Zoe. She's just the absolute coolest person you'd ever meet. I'm sure most of y'all who live in Baton Rouge probably know who she is if you are involved in Refuge and go to the chapel because she's super awesome, um, and she's very wise and insightful, so I'm excited and just honored to have her on here today. For this episode, I wanted to do something a little different kind of for the ones coming forward um, and had y'all ask questions on Instagram, so that's where pretty much all of these are from, so super exciting because I know it's um, things y'all want to know and learn, um, especially um, because she was an athlete in college, which is not the only thing she is I'm sure we'll get into more than that but I think that's just fun because I've had like a million sorority girls on here but never an athlete so that's really fun and cool and different um so yeah welcome to the podcast 
Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm so excited. Yay! Um, so as I say every episode, kind of before we get started, just let listeners get to know a little bit about you, who you are, your relationship with the Lord, um, and really just basically your testimony. Right. Um, okay, so we can just start from the beginning. <laughs> so I grew up in a Christian home. My mom and dad were divorced from as long as I can remember. I think they got divorced around when I was two. Um, really didn't know a lot about it, kind of lived in a don't ask, don't tell house. Didn't really get told a lot of information about it um, and didn't really think it was a priority for my life to kind of know the behind the scenes thing um, growing up. Grew up going to church with my mom and my younger brother and that is kind of where I was introduced to church and continued to go with my grandparents, accepted Christ at a young age. And the Lord really protected me um, with friendships growing up in the church and throughout high school of being in a space where I could honor and glorify him and not really be presented with opportunities to do things otherwise that, you know, people might do in high school or just growing up. Um, So, yeah, parents ended up going through multiple more marriages and divorces after that. So... That was confusing, didn't really understand, and was not ever really given explanations for that. But, you know, like I said, I believed in the Lord at a young age and continued to just kind of trust in Him and that He had a process with that, even if I didn't understand. Um, My senior year of high school, I ended up moving in with some family friends and for the first time in my life was given a mom and a father figure that honored and glorified the Lord with their marriage. And the Lord really blessed me through that and um, showed me that a relationship and a marriage could work and that was possible. And it kind of really just gave me hope again that all families and situations were not like mine. Um, So while I was growing up as well, I started swimming at a young age while all that was going on and and I really thought swimming was my safe place. It's where I met a lot of my friends and I guess honestly kept me out of probably doing other things. (laughs) Um, And as I started to get older, I realized that I love swimming and I wanted to do it in college. And so the summer before my freshman year is when I started the recruiting process. So finishing eighth grade, which is, like crazy early. <laughs> that is really early. I didn't know that. Yeah. Um, but shout out to my dad. Um, he was great and he helped me a lot with that. But, you know, I knew that was what I wanted to do when I got to college. And so I started that process throughout high school, went on some official visits my senior year. One was to the University of Iowa and went there fell in love with the school, fell in love with the team. I really felt at home and um, that I could just see myself being at that place for the next four years. And I remember leaving thinking, I don't want to leave. And I have found my people and this is where I think I'm going to thrive. So went home, didn't tell my mom or dad, but I committed on the phone to the school. And if that doesn't you know, kind of show you the relationship I have with my parents, not in like a negative way of, I didn't want to tell them, but just like a decision. I felt like I was at a place of making decisions on my own. Um, and that that was the next step that I wanted for my life. And so I committed, ended up telling my mom and dad, and they were super excited for me. 
And so went to college. Um, and honestly, I like to say that I was quote unquote living my best life. <laughs> um, I was getting all of the training that I could have ever asked for. Like if I could have wrote my own training schedule of what I was doing in the pool every day, that would have been that. I was getting all the attention from my coaches that I needed. I was swimming on the A relays. I ended up going to Big Tens my freshman year, which was a super big deal for me. And I felt like I had met all of my goals after my freshman year. And um, yeah, it was just, it was a great year. But at the same time, all of my friends that I had made moving across the country, none of them were believers on the team. And so I'd fallen into going out on the weekends, which was, like I said, nothing I'd ever done before. But I convinced myself that I could go out on the weekends as long as I made it to church on Sunday morning. And sometimes it would be hungover. And I, I remember the first time it happened, I really didn't even understand what was happening. I remember like feeling sick in church and not even knowing like that's what being hungover was because I just thought it was normal. Um, but yeah, and so I convinced myself that I could continue living a Christian life and honoring the Lord as long as I made it to church when in reality I just had stopped living my life for the Lord. And I felt the Lord, well, I didn't know it was Lord at the time. I felt him putting on my heart, LSU. Which and is I, so cool and crazy. I like love this story. Yes, so crazy. And I didn't know why. And I couldn't make sense of it because like I said, I was getting the training I wanted. I was receiving all the attention from my coaches, you know, going to the big meets, traveling across the country. And I kept feeling like LSU, which backstory, LSU tried to recruit me when I was in high school. I would not return phone calls. I would not return text messages. Like my coach will tell you now, I did not give him the time of day. And I didn't understand why LSU was kept getting put on my heart. End up going home early that year because of COVID in March and spend the summer at home, really got to hang out with my friends that I had missed seeing all year. And when I went back to school, the week before we were supposed to start classes, we got a text from our athletic director for men's and women's swimming, men's tennis, and men's gymnastics to all meet in the basketball arena. And we just knew. We knew what was <laughs> happening. Me and my teammates didn't want to admit it, but we knew what was coming, and, and we cried before the meeting. We went to the meeting, and our athletic director sat about a little over a hundred of us down and was just kind of saying, this is last year you're going to have your program. And if you want to keep, you know, doing the sport that you love, you got to find somewhere else. And it's crazy now to talk about because at the time I probably wouldn't have admitted it, but I just felt so much peace because I kind of felt that confirmation of, okay, the Lord's saying, if you're not going to go, like I'm going to make you. And I knew like as soon as the athletic director said that and the meeting was over, I immediately went home and called my roommate now of three years, called her and I was like, you know, this hasn't hit the news yet. No one knows about it. I don't want to like make a big deal, but I need to get on the phone with the LSU coach. So I ended up getting in the portal the next morning, the transfer portal, and had a phone call with the coach a few weeks later and he just told me, you know, as soon as I heard the news, you're the first person I thought about, there's a spot on the team if you want it. And like, just for context, for people who don't know 
LSU athletics, that does not happen. <laughs> you know, um, and that just goes to show that the Lord was being faithful all along in that. And that is that is not the typical situation, um, but the Lord was really being faithful in during that time and showing me that this is what he had planned all along. So I transfer the middle of my sophomore year. I spend that first semester kind of getting all my things together, saying my goodbyes, transfer my sophomore year. And I'm like, okay, this is, um, this is what the Lord has for me. I'm going to go evangelize to my teammates. Like I'm going to change. I, I know I'm not supposed to be going out. You know, I'm really going to start living for the Lord. Like, yes, this is what the Lord has for me transfer things don't change you know i think being at lsu things got worse in the sense of lsu athletes are put on a pedestal and kind of offered anything that we want um and people kind of respect lsu athletes more and so the things that we knew we could get or the things we knew we could get away with was kind of more so presented to me as an option once I got to LSU. And so I continued to go out, continue to party and almost blame God of, Lord, why would you bring me all the way back here to a school that I didn't want to go to if you were going to just let me continue to do what I'm doing? And I, now it sounds crazy to like blame God for my sin. But at the time I just, I was confused. and I didn't understand. And so end up swimming my whole junior year. It's great. It's tough, but we make it through. And so my last meet my junior year before SECs, I'm warming up for the senior meet and I dive off the blocks and I feel something tear in my shoulder. And I just, again, felt that sense of peace. It had been a hard year. Um, LSU was hard. They expect the best out of you. And, and I was not expecting the best out of myself at all the times, meaning I wanted to swim in college and I wanted to be an SEC athlete and I enjoyed what I did, but I wasn't looking forward to things that some of my teammates were like the Olympics or like world championships. Um, I knew my time would stop once LSU was finished. And so tore my shoulder. I knew that something was wrong and I just, was like, okay, this is my like way out. This is my way to be done. Ended up tearing my rotator cuff and through that was kind of able to put at peace. Okay, my swimming career is finished. This year has been hard, but I'm able to end on a good note. And when I first transferred to LSU, I forgot to mention this at the beginning, one of my friends had invited me to refuge but I kind of put it off saying that, you know, I didn't have time for it. I really don't go to on-campus stuff too much like I really just stay with the student athletes but I followed them on Instagram and so when I tore my rotator cuff I was finished swimming but I was doing PT every day and outside of that I really didn't have anything to do and so I saw the refuge had posted a summer community groups thing on their story and so I filled out a connect card and I get a text message from Henry <laughs> shout out Henry um and he invited me to their summer community group. And I was like, oh, this is perfect. Like, no one knows each other. Right. <laughs> Everyone knew each other. And I was like, this is brand new community group. It's going to be awesome. And so I started going, and it was great. I was introduced to a community that loved the Lord, and, and I enjoyed, you know, going back to church. Um, and little did I know, like, how much through Refuge Lord was going to change my life. 
Um, ended up dating someone during my time at refuge. Um, and shortly after that went through a breakup and that was for the first time when the Lord kind of started to show me what I was here for all along. And I went through a period of severe anxiety and depression for about a year and a half and questioned kind of, again, questioned why the Lord would bring me here. Like still trying to figure out, okay, did I come to LSU to swim? I swam for a year and a half and then I medically DQ'd. Okay. Did I come to LSU to get plugged into refuge? Well, I come to refuge and then this happens and I had never experienced anxiety and depression before, but, and because I had never experienced it, I didn't really understand it. My knowledge of it was other people didn't really understand it that were going through it. And so I really didn't have sympathy for those people just from, okay, if you don't understand it, I don't understand, like, what's the big deal? But the Lord really began to soften my heart during that period and just draw me closer to him. There's a verse, or not a verse, there's a quote by Charles Spurgeon. It says, um, I've learned to kiss the wave that throws me into the rock, meaning the rock being Jesus. And so through that period, I read Gentle and Lowly that focuses on Matthew eleven twenty eight, uh, the verse that Jesus says, I'm gentle and lowly at heart and just learning the heart of the Lord and that when he calls his children home, it's not out of anger and it's not out of guilt or, you know, okay, you can come home, but I'm going to hold things against you. But out of a place of, you know, I'm here. I've been here the whole time. I've been waiting for you. And I'm so happy that you're here. Um, and it was through refuge that I was introduced community that to community that kind of showed me, okay, if you're going to carry this burden, unlike anything you've ever carried before, and if there are days where you literally cannot get out of bed or you're saying you don't know how to continue on, like, I'm going to carry that burden until you can. And that was when the Lord just showed me that I can enjoy friendships, especially in college and being godly community where they don't expect things out of me like going out for my worth, that I'm worth, that I'm valued and worthy of love just because I'm a child of God. And, um, yeah, that's pretty much where we're at right now. And and the Lord's faithfulness to me all along that journey just to bring me to this place today is so worth it. And I wouldn't have it any other way to have my perspective of the Lord change so much and just know that I'm free in Him, not in my identity in my sport, not in my identity in my relationship, but in who He says I am and who He is and, and what He's me to do, um, which is to first and foremost love him. And so, yeah, that's pretty much it. And that's where I am now. And just learning how to love and serve others as a result of, of all that he taught me. There's a verse that I'm memorizing right now. It's Romans 2, 4. It says, did you think that because he's such a nice God, he would let you off the hook? better think this one through from the beginning. He is kind. He is not soft in his kindness. He takes you firmly by the hand and leads you into radical life change. And just knowing that the Lord has a plan for all of us and it might not be easy and it might not be what you think. And if I, you know, could go back to my high school self, my high school self probably wouldn't have picked, you know, having to transfer <laughs> and go through the heartbreak and all of those things. But 
to be in this place now where the Lord has me is, is something I would never take back. And he has shown me so much grace and, and relentless pursuit of me and just what a loving father actually is. And it's been very sweet to see that. So yeah, that's my story. Literally, I could probably solve the podcast now and it would be perfect. <laughs> and I'm not exaggerating. Um, Zoe and I went on a walk last semester, I guess it was. I don't know. I'm like getting confused. Um, and I literally heard her testimony and was like, okay, I have to record that because it's just so cool to see like how much of the Lord's character was revealed to you um, like through different times in your life. Um, and something I've been learning a lot for myself too is just like in these times of hardship that is where you have the greatest intimacy with God and mm-hmm. so like as much as it absolutely sucks it is also so cool to get to have that and experience that and so it's cool to see that like kind of in your story as well you know yeah there's a verse that says um I think it's Romans eleven thirty six, or no it's not eleven thirty six. Psalms 34 where it talks about um the Lord is near to the brokenhearted and that cannot be so much more true for my life and my story and just knowing that the Lord is near and, and he draws near to us when we draw near to him and given the opportunity to be able to not only know the words of his scripture to be true but also have to live by them in my life is something I would I would never take for granted and having the opportunity um that he has given me to just kind of grow in that knowledge and grow in that wisdom. And also, like I said, live it out has been, has been amazing. So, yeah. Um, one of the questions someone asked was about waiting seasons when you can't hear the Lord, but I think I kind of want to change that now. And I think a lot of people would honestly ask this question too, um, after hearing your testimony, but I'm trying to think of how to phrase, phrase this. Hello. Um, how were you able to kind of discern what the Lord was telling you and what was his voice and what wasn't? Because when you're making big decisions, like deciding to transfer, what kind of led you to making those decisions with clarity and peace that only is from the Lord? How did you kind of discern what was his voice and what wasn't? Yeah. So I know I kind of gave the quick and short version um, when I was telling my testimony, but I did go on other visits and, and check things out. But I've learned that the Lord leads with the spirit of peace, not with the spirit of confusion or fear. And so through that decision, through visiting other schools and talking with other coaches in that process, and also sitting at the feet of my coaches, and they were great during that recruiting process, but ultimately praying to the Lord that he would open doors and allow things that were in his will. And like I said, he doesn't leave with fear or confusion. So knowing if I had made a decision or prayed about something, the Lord would give me peace about it in his next steps. And also that if it were in my will and not his, that trusting that he would not let it come to fruition. Mm -hmm. Um, Meaning that if I didn't pick LSU or if I didn't pick the University of Iowa first, that the Lord would not allow it to happen in his timing. And I trusted that okay, Lord, if I'm going to pray that your will be done and that you would only open doors that you want me to open, whichever one opens, I have to believe that is your will and I have to believe that it's true for what you want me to do and that you'll give me peace about the situation. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, I guess then going along with that to ask the question that the person wanted the answer to, have there been times where you maybe were in a waiting season or have there been times where you necessarily haven't been able to quote unquote hear the Lord and how have you kind of navigated those situations? 
Yeah, so I know I talked about Psalms 34, the Lord is near to the brokenhearted, but that is not saying that there aren't seasons where he isn't talking to me. There are definitely seasons in my life where I've questioned, okay, Lord, like I don't hear you and I'm confused, you know, what is going on? Which is so good for people to hear because I think people don't talk about those seasons enough. Yes. You know? Yes. And something that I've had to learn is it's a label that is not telling to what is actually going on. People say, oh, I'm in a waiting season or like, oh, I'm in a season of singleness or whatever the case may be. Or, oh, like I'm in my sophomore, junior year of college. I'm just in a waiting season. I don't really know what I want to do yet. But the reality of the situation is it's anything but a waiting season. And something that I've had to learn is in those moments when I don't hear Christ, I'm having to take a step back and, and remember to whom much is given, much is expected. Meaning, okay, what is in front of me in my life that the Lord has already entrusted me with? And am I doing what he's going to do with that? If I believe I'm in a waiting season and I'm discipling one girl or I'm helping co-lead a community group, but I'm confused on why the Lord can't hear me, like, am I being faithful to what the Lord has given me mm -hmm. already? And also, which direction am I running? Meaning, if I'm in that waiting season, am I running away from the Lord trying to take it into my own hands? Are there areas in my life, like I said, that I haven't given over to Him? Even it could be the smallest things. But what does my life look like while I feel like I'm in that quote-unquote waiting season or while I feel like I'm waiting on God? Or am I running towards Him trying to seek out His purpose for my life or trying to seek out you know, the purpose in this season that I'm in? And even when seeking it out, asking the question again, what am I doing? What am I doing with my hands? What am I doing with what the Lord has already given me? So. Yeah, that's really good. Something that I need to be reminded of too, a lot of the times. And I think, I, don't, I can't speak to everyone's situations, but a lot of the times when the people are saying, you know, quote unquote, I can't hear the Lord. I feel distant from him, which I know this is said a lot, but it's like, normally it's the same thing that you're saying, like kind of take a look at your own life and like, what you are doing because the Lord is never distant from you. Mm -hmm. um, and so this might seem simple, but it's even like, who are you surrounding yourself with? What music are you listening to? Sounds so yeah. simple, but I've noticed even in my own life, but people will come to me and be like, I feel like I'm so far away from God. And it's like, you know, what are the actions that you're taking to try to draw near to him when he, he already is near to you, but you know what I'm saying? Like yeah, there are a lot sure. of times that people um, are maybe upset with God, but there are a lot of, things that they could do to change themselves. Is that making sense? Yeah. And something that I've learned through discipleship, and it's taken years, it is not something that came so easy the first time I was discipled, but just being honest. Yes. And that is hard. And being being vulnerable and honest is difficult. And it is something you have to almost train yourself to do. But something that I tell my girls is, um, shoot, I lost my train of thought. Something that I tell my girls that's what I was, as I was saying, what I was just saying to you, I was losing my train of thought as I was talking to you. And I was like, where am I going? Okay. Oh, yes. Something I tell my girls is at some point, we have to be willing to meet God halfway. Now, that's not saying that the Lord is sitting here waiting and, you know, we have to do all of this work to earn his love or affection or whatever the case may be, but we have to be willing and able to meet the Lord halfway saying, okay, I'm giving 
all of my life over to you. Here are the steps I'm taking, and I'm laying all this at your feet. Now, Lord, do what only you can do in mm-hmm. that moment. And it's not out of a place of works faith based. <laughs> works faith based. Am I saying that right? No, but I know what you're trying to okay. say. A works-based faith. Yes. Works-based faith. <laughs> it's hard. It's like a tongue twister. By any means, that's not what I'm saying. But I'm also saying the Lord calls us to, you know, take up our cross and follow Him. And, and what does that actually mean? It means laying our lives at His feet and, and offering everything up to Him. And so it's taking those steps to meet Him halfway and saying, okay, Lord, like, now I'm in a position. Use me where I'm called to be used. So. Exactly. That's really good. Um, and kind of going along again with your testimony, um, I think a lot of listeners struggle with identity, um, and getting their confidence and identity from things that are just like sinking sand and not the Lord. Um, and so the question that was asked was kind of about you being an athlete, but I think that you can talk about this in terms of your breakup, even in terms of being in the party scene. And this can apply to anyone, whether your sorority is your whole identity or your job, but how have you been able to find that true identity and confidence from the Lord and not from these worldly things um, that the everyday person is like, I am confident because I'm a really great athlete or I'm confident because I'm in the top house or have the best job. Um, so how have you been able to really gain that true confidence and identity from Christ? Yeah. So um, I didn't, <laughs> uh, I did not at all while I was a student athlete, have my identity in the right place. And that's why I feel like afterwards during my time at refuge and and when I truly began to live my life for the Lord again was why I fell so hard because for that three-year span, we are taught that you're the best of the best. You have to be, you know, especially coming to LSU, oh my goodness, especially like during a time like this, we're presented with things like, we've put all this stock in you we've put all this money to have you come here we've given you all this these tools we've invested so much in you like here's this list of everything we're doing for you now as a result you're expected to be the best in the world which is hard yes not out of a place of like oh we hope you do great and we'll just see what happens but like I'm expected for you to return an NCAA champion, or I'm expected for you to return at the end of your four years an Olympic champion. And for a lot of my teammates, that was a reality. And so during that time, my whole identity was based out of that because that is, you know, what we are fed 24-7. Now, I'm not trying to victimize myself or you know, say that I'm a victim of LSU athletics (laughs) or anything like that. But you kind of almost have to be in that mindset to be in the position that we're in and held to that standard. You know, the SEC is crazy and the Big Ten is insane too. And just the competitiveness and and what's expected out of us. And I want to say to get to that level that I got to, you know, the recruiting all throughout high school and even like going to Big Tens and, and transferring to LSU, I honestly don't think I would have been in any of those positions if I did not put my identity in my sport. And I think that's saying a lot for our athletes and kind of where their head's at. And I'm sure there are athletes out there that don't put their full identity in their sport, but that was just not my my experience. Um, But I would say once I got to refuge, 
that's when the Lord really began to work in my heart. And, and it was a hard fall, but realizing, okay, my identity is found in Christ. You're first and foremost a daughter of the King. Sports come and go, but you're mine forever. And the Lord says, once you're in my hand, you cannot be plucked from it. And just having that reminder was something that changed my life and, and gave me purpose again when swimming time and time again would fail. You know, my schedule during swimming season, which is year round, revolved around my sport. And I would base my whole attitude and everything that my life revolved around, but around how I did in practice that day. You know, what we were going to do in practice that day, how I raced against my team. <laughs> how I raced against my teammates, how I did at meets throughout the year. Like that was how I based my identity. And so on any given day, I could think really highly of myself. If I made an interval that was fast and that was harder, if I beat a teammate, or I could look really down on myself if I didn't do well in a practice. And so the Lord really, like I said, through tearing my shoulder and removing me from that situation, he knew where he was bringing me all along and, and really saved me from that toxic mindset and identity that I had myself in for so long. It's cool how the Lord uses stuff, um, which we've talked about this a lot on the podcast, but how he uses something that you think it's, which you're saying now you had peace in the moment, which is even cooler. But from the outside perspective, it'd be like, oh my gosh, her world's probably over. That's horrible. Um, she's injured. Like, why would something like that happen to her? But seeing how the Lord used it for something so cool and so much better than you could even imagine. But I think there's even another layer to this of like, you had peace when it happened, which I think is really cool. Um, and I kind of guess have two questions with that, but I'm just curious if like, if you could describe the feeling, if that makes sense. I just like, <laughs> yes. think that's cool. And then yeah. also, I guess I'll ask the next one next, but I just think it's cool that you were like, which maybe you kind of glazed over it. Cause you were like, just talking through your testimony, but how you were like going through something literally physically so painful, mm -hmm. but you had such peace, <laughs> excuse yeah. me, sorry. Um, just cause I think, I don't know, that's just really only the Holy spirit, but mm -hmm. it's just so incredible to hear. Yeah. yeah. So when you say describe the feeling, do you mean like, do you mean like the little physical thing? No, 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 like, no. Sorry. The, the feeling of peace feeling. that the Lord, okay, no, no. I mean, sure. if you want to, but like, like, uh, felt like a pop. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> the feeling like the peace that the Lord gave you, but if, if you want to do that too, I'm sure. Well, it felt like a pop, guys. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, if you feel a pop in your shoulder, it might be your rotator cuff. Um, yeah, the feeling of peace. Like I said, I never lost my faith in the Lord through that time period. And so, with that being said, you know, the Holy Spirit was still inside of me. And I, it was, it's kind of crazy to think about, but it was kind of the same experience of the Lord putting on my heart at LSU when I didn't really know why. Um, my junior year of college, we got all new coaches. So LSU cleaned house, we got new coaches, and these coaches were tough. And when I say tough, I mean expectant of Olympic champions being produced continuously. And that was just not my goal. My goal was to make it to SECs, possibly NCAAs, and then, you know, hang my cap and go. <laughs> and so through that year, I was thinking to myself, like, I don't know how I'm going to make it through senior year. This year was so hard. I had a bunch of my teammates quit. Several others got kicked off and just thinking, constantly reevaluating, is this something I want to do? And kind of questioning, asking the Lord again, you know, you brought me to LSU. Why'd you bring me here? Because now I'm in the party scene. But then again, 
why did you bring me here? Because now I have all new coaches that are expecting like more than I was willing to, you know, offer my life for swimming. And so just kind of went through that process of wrestling with the Lord and just kind of asking why. And I think that's one of the things I realized and what my discipleship leader says now is, is the Lord can take your questions. Um, something that I learned through this process is not to be scared of asking the Lord the hard questions um, because he can take them. And through that, just, I don't know, had a weird, I don't know what's going to happen. It's only going to be the Lord if it does happen. And so I was going through that process that whole year. It was, it was just a really hard year. You know, my, I ended up doing well. Training was great, but it was really hard. And so when January came around and I tore my rotator cuff, it was kind of like almost an answer prayer of, you know, the Lord saying, you've been wrestling with me. You've been seeking me out. You've been constantly praying and you didn't know, but trusting that I would take care of you. Like I remember thinking, literally, if I swim my senior year, it is only going to be the Lord that I make it through. And so when that happened, just kind of being like, okay, like the Lord's still good. He still answers prayers. And yes, it was sad. It was hard. I'm not saying by any means it was easy. Swimming was my, like I said, my whole life, my whole identity from the time I had started up until college. And so I'm not saying it was this super easy process that, you know, I was like, okay, yay, now I'm done and <laughs> peace guys. But at the same time, when we continue to seek out the Lord and pray to him and, and trust that you don't know what's going to happen, but he's got you. That is when I believe the peace of the Lord comes. And, and like we said earlier, the Lord does not speak through fear or confusion, but through a spirit of peace. And, and I believe that we, when we continue to seek him out, he will provide that. So. Yeah. That's just cool to hear. Um, I was going to ask you, about more about identity, but we can get to that later. I wanted to touch on this before I forgot, but you talk a lot about how like you were in the party scene, mm -hmm. very much at both schools, very like entrenched in it. Um, and so one thing I know that I wanted to talk about was just the difficulty and how it's been hard for athletes to get involved with Christian community mm -hmm. while training. Um, and obviously it was easier for you to go out to a bar than to go to church. Um, and kind of what that looks like for you because um, I think a lot of people can feel like that, even if they aren't athletes, but yeah. especially athletes, I also think it could be beneficial to those listening who maybe kind of write them off. Mm -hmm. Um, and when they're in things like refuge or maybe involved in their college ministries at A&M or OU, wherever you're listening, um, can just kind of forget about athletes too. So I think this could be a cool opportunity for people to understand them better and see how to better, um, you know, reach out to them. Um, so it's kind of a lot I just asked you, but basically just, what did that kind of look like for you um, when it was just hard for you to get involved in Christian community because you're constantly training, you know? Yeah, um, I would say there was a lot of guilt and shame in that process because, like I said, leading up to high school all before that, I didn't know anything outside of my friends who all went to church with me. And I'd never gone out before, didn't drink, um, not because I didn't necessarily want to, but because I wasn't presented with the opportunity. So it's not like I ever had, okay, do I want to hang out with my church friends or do I want to go, you know, get wasted on Friday night? Like there was never a choice. And so going to college, there was a lot of guilt and shame about stopping being heavily involved with church. Like I said, I was still going on Sundays um, when we didn't have meets. 
or practice or anything like that. But I think something that I wish I would have told myself and to any you know, student athletes or girls in sororities or things with a lot of involvement that might be listening is that it is okay. And to just be honest with your situation and where you're at. I mean, for me at the time, especially when it got closer to meet season, we were pushing 30 hours a week in training, whether that be in the pool, in the weight room, in nutrition meetings, in NIL meetings. I know it's crazy. NIL meetings are like a part of <laughs> yes. the routines now. Yeah. And so a lot was expected of us. And I felt just the guilt and shame of not putting church at the forefront of that. So just being honest with yourself of, of where you're at and what's actually possible. But on the flip side with that honesty is being honest for what you're making room for. Mm -hmm. So yes, I have these crazy weeks where I'm running from place to place and class to practice, back to practice, class at night, all of those things. But also what am I making room for outside of that? You know, do I have one free night a week to go to community group and am I choosing it? to go out with my friends, things like that. And I think that I didn't want to be honest with myself in either aspects. And I just took on a lot of guilt and shame for that as a result. And I, to that, I would say back to what the identity of Christ is, is he is not someone who is sitting up there being like, okay, like you were supposed to go to church on Sunday. <laughs> like that is not what the heart of Christ is. And so just honestly seeking him out and saying, okay, where do I have time to give? Where do I not have time to give? And making a point to go to church when you can. Making a point to have that Christian community where you can because it is possible and there were definitely areas in my life where I just wrote it off. But also, it's not possible all the time. And I can be so heavily involved in my church community now where I 100% could not have been when I was a student athlete. And that is okay. Because during that time, the Lord was calling you to be a student athlete. Or maybe during this time, the Lord is calling you to be on your board in your sorority. And that time, that effort that you have agreed to, maybe more than what you can give in your church, and that is okay. But realizing, okay, where can I give? And am I actually giving during that time? Giving meaning your time, your energy, and your relationship with the Lord. So. Mm -hmm. I think that's really good. And also, obviously, I've never been in the position where I've had to do training. <laughs> and like, because that is a whole nother level of even clubs or sororities. Because yes, you can get fined and things or sororities, but it's completely different from when you miss training. I'm sure like that's <laughs> just, you just can't. Um, so that just multiplies the busyness. But I think in general, um, I also just was reading The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry. So it was very mm -hmm. convicting of, oh, yes. we just have a lot more free time than we think. Mm -hmm. um, and so I think that can also help reframe your thinking um, of when you do have a free second, like you don't need to go watch Grey's Anatomy on Netflix or you know, even you have a free dinner to go meet up with someone that you go to church with. Maybe all you have is dinner time. You can't make it to community group, but you could go eat dinner with someone you know from church instead of like scrolling on TikTok while you eat it. Mm -hmm. And it sounds so simple and so silly, but I've just been realizing, and I don't want this, if any athletes are listening to be like offended because they're like, you don't understand how busy we are or right. any person who has a really consuming job or things like that. Because obviously, like you said, there might only be some time you can give and that's okay. And the Lord has placed you in your job and your sorority and your extremely hard, you know, biochem class or 
nursing school for a reason. And so that's all very valid. But I also think that we have so much more free time than we know. We just mm-hmm. waste it mm-hmm. without even realizing it, you know? Yeah. And also, like I said, honesty is hard, but being honest with yourself and the Lord is never going to call you to something that is just completely giving yourself up from being with him mm-hmm. at any yes. point in time. And whether that be just your prayer life, if you say, okay, all I can give to you Lord, right now is my prayer life or my daily time with you and my daily time with you only looks like five minutes. Well then give the Lord. Your and it's still minutes. five minutes, you yes. know? Yeah. The Lord is not sitting there saying you missed your five minute time. <laughs> like you're the one that gets to say, but be honest with how much time do I have to give the Lord? And then, walking through with your commitments that you've given him. Mm -hmm. And I love too what you're saying about being honest because that's also something I've been learning, I guess within the last year or so of just, I mean, the Lord already knows too is the funny part. Mm -hmm. And we're just so similar to Adam and Eve of like, we try to hide things from Mm -hmm. the Lord and we're not honest. I'm definitely not as honest as I should be in my prayers. But I think, I don't remember exactly how you said it earlier, but like, the Lord is okay with our questions and he wants our honesty. And so I like how you keep saying that because I think a lot of people view God kind of the same way you're saying of like the Lord's looking down, like you miss that time. And I think they also view God of someone who can't take their honesty when he's literally God. Um, And also he already knows. And so I think that's a good takeaway from this episode too, is just to be honest with God, you know? For sure. Yeah. Honest with God and, and his heart towards you, even when you're not that he has called us to draw near to him and he will draw near to us. And and the Lord is so kind and, and so good to us. And I've learned that oftentimes when I'm not being honest with God or I'm fearful of a situation or something that's happening in my life, it's because one of three things I'm not believing is true. You know, one, I'm not believing that he's in control. So for any situation, if you don't have peace for it, if you are fearful of it, if you're worried or anxious about a situation, it's like, okay, am I believing a lie that I no longer think God is in control of the situation? I don't think he's sovereign anymore. And I don't think that he has his hand on it. Two, am I believing or did I stop believing that he is good? So for the situation I'm worrying about or for something that might be happening, am I in this moment fearful because I no longer think the God who has everything in his hands is good to me? Or three, do I no longer believe he loves me? Do I believe that the God of the universe that is handling this situation no longer has his best interest, has my best interest at heart when something is going to happen? Do I believe that he doesn't love me anymore and however the situation plays out, it's not going to be out of a heart that loves me? And, and typically when I'm freaking out or I don't want to be honest with him about something, it's because I'm fearful of one of those things. And so being honest in that situation and being like, okay, Lord, I am freaking out over this breakup or I'm freaking out over my classes or the semester to come or this friendship because I no longer think you have my best interest at heart and I have no idea how this is going to pan out and I don't think you can do it. Like the prayers and honesty has been so real, but also God can take it. God wants your honesty. He does not want us to shrink away. And that's where we grow closer to him when we bring that and lay at his feet and now say, Lord, would you transform my heart? Would you make me believe those three things to be true, that that you are good, that you are in control, and that you do love me? 
And when I move it from just a knowledge in my head to a knowledge in my heart, then I'm breathing that out in my life and not just something that I'm reading words on a page that don't have any meaning. Mm -hmm. I can't wait to listen to this back so I can write those down um, because I think I definitely learn something every episode, duh. But I am especially excited because I feel like this is very needed for me. And like I said at the beginning, but you're just so wise. And so um, it's just been such a pleasure to talk with you. Um, and as we near the end, is there anything else? Because um, we kind of shared away from, I guess, what originally people had asked about, but also totally fine. Is there anything that you like really wanted to say about anything that you didn't get to or anything you want to add before we kind of wrap up? Um, honestly, I don't think so. I think we covered all of our bases. Me too. Just, yeah. And that's what the Lord wanted us to talk about too. So I'm not exactly. worried that like, but exactly. in case yeah. there's something you wanted to say, um, but before we, wrap up, could you just pray for everyone listening, um, especially those who probably resonate with a lot of this, maybe putting their identity in things that aren't the Lord, um, or, I mean, honestly, yeah, I just lost my train of thought. Also. Um, anyways, can you just pray? <laughs> thank you. Um, Lord, I just thank you so much for this sweet conversation with Lauren, Lord, and, and hopefully all the people that will bless as a result. Lord, I pray that you spoke through both of us in a way that will speak to those um, struggling with maybe being honest with you, Lord, of filling up their schedule with things that are not of you, Lord, or maybe they're questioning certain circumstances in their life. Maybe they're overwhelmed with sorority or training or things that they've just um, piled on, Lord, and they don't see a way out. Or, or maybe they're walking through trials, Lord, and Lord, they're questioning that you are good and that you're in control and that you love them, Lord. I pray that you would just remind them of your hand of sovereignty, Lord, um, that is over their lives, Lord, and that you would just give them peace about the plans that you have for them and the will that you have in their life, Lord. Lord, we love you and praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much for being on yeah. here. And thanks, everyone who listened. And y'all will hear from me soon. Bye.